This week's episode is brought to you by National Geographic's epic natural history series, Hostile Planet, hosted by Bear Grylls. Executive produced by Academy Award-winning cinematographer and director Guillermo Navarro, the series zooms in on the world's most extreme environments to reveal the animal kingdom's most epic stories of survival on this fast and continuously changing planet. Held as spectacular and intimate by the Sierra Club and stunning by Esquire, Hostile Planet follows wildlife as they face an overwhelming host of challenges, and yet still, life finds a way. For your Emmy consideration in all categories, visit www.natgeotv.com FYC for more information. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. If you have forgotten, <laughs> my name is Amanda Nduka. And my name is Dino Ray Ramos. And this episode, we have the lovely Our Lady J, writer, producer, I think, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Pose. This uh, is our second Pose episode. This is our second it. Pose yeah. episode. We had Janet Mock. And, and then now, now we, have we have Our Lady, Lady J. Jay. Who is like phenomenal, beautiful. She like towers over us. (laughs) Yeah. But she, yeah, she is definitely a gem. And she talked about her music background. She's a very interesting music background. Yes. She's like, she's a concert pianist. You know what? You could actually see her playing piano in episode, I think it's episode six. The one that actually Janet Mock directed. Yeah. 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 uh, Of Pose. And uh, she's like super talented. And she just tells about uh, uh, her, 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 just her journey to Hollywood. And just being, you know, a trans woman. Woman and it, she just shared a lot of. She talked about stuff. her upbringing and she was yeah the farm <laughs> on a farm and it was like a, re, a it's like a religious community. She yes, about like being a part of that and having it's to so kind of interesting. break. Yeah, mm. having to kind of break that. Um, yeah, and she, you know, she's she's definitely very open about um the the um HIV oh yeah AIDS yeah narrative. She talks about how she was diagnosed and how like that incorporated, you know, that informed the you know this the first season of pose yeah um, but yeah and also this is premiering on june 11th which right? is yeah. this is today <laughs> <laughs> so it post premieres tonight so we timed it purposely to have uh, our lady jay on the premiere second second season premiere of pose tonight yeah so, and if yeah. you haven't seen pose you guys it is such it's a good so show. good like <laughs> tens across the bar it tens, really is. Tens, it's tens so across good the, the acting is good the 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 just the, the, the fashion yeah, the fashion the voguing the, the vo- ball and there's scenes. gonna be more what is season so season, season two, two starts off um madonna's vote madonna's vote the, the, the day madonna's, Vogue, madonna's Vogue, which will be very interesting which changed the world yeah, which changed the world apparently. <laughs> apparently and also you know pose is currently on netflix and i recently yeah. rewatched the whole thing and i'm all why is it better the second time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Yeah. And then obviously, like, just in the background, I've been in taking these, like, actors that didn't have experience or uh-huh. that, you know, traditionally were probably overlooked and giving them this time to shine. And, and now they they're shining. shining. Yeah, they're yeah. taking their shine. Yeah, so yeah. like I said, if you have not seen Pose, he said it's on Netflix. Yeah. Season two starts today on FX. Yeah. You have to see yeah. it. Watch it yeah. now. <laughs> so without further ado, here is Our Lady J. Well, our lady Jay. Hi. 
thank you for coming on our podcast on this gloomy LA. It's been gloomy it's been for really the past gloomy, couple yeah. days, right? I'm kind of loving the gray. Really? Yeah, I feel like I'm in London. Oh, okay, know, I, I can feel that. I can feel that. And it's yeah. not, it's it's not warm, but it's not it's not cold. cold. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's leather. It's pleather jacket <laughs> it's weather. Pleather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I. I before we get into a lot of things, I, you are a musician, right? I am a musician. This is very interesting. Yeah. Wait, okay, so Once like, upon a time. What, oh, so but do you still do music? Just right? for fun. Just for fun. Yeah, just as but a you, hobby. But you've performed at numerous, you performed at Carnegie Hall, you performed with Alvin Ailey and all this? Yeah. Uh, back so, in the day. Back in the day. I mean, I say just as a hobby. I'm st- like, I was on Pose playing piano, oh. but that's... That was just like a cameo uh-huh. that I had. But what other instruments do you play? Um, I play, well, classical piano was my jam. And then I also played bassoon, violin, clarinet. At the same time. Oboe, <laughs> saxophone. How did you learn, like, what, how did you learn all these instruments? I was born on, in a really small community. And then when I was seven or eight, I think it was, I was seven when we moved to the farm. And the farm. Whoa. The farm. I call it the farm. Okay, we'll oh, get into that later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just didn't have anything to do. Oh, gosh. I, it was either shovel cow manure. Can I swear? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I either had to shovel cow shit <laughs> or I could practice. So I just practiced. And, you know, the community I grew up in had a lot of music teachers because music was a big part of religion, which was a big part of the community. Mm-hmm. And so I just learned these instruments at a really young age. I want to hear you play. We should have bought yeah. a keyboard in here so I you could play. I took piano <laughs> lessons one in. for two weeks. I could play Mary Had a <laughs> I did. A, I did a, <laughs> that's pretty good for two I know. weeks. I'm, I'm actually like really proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> I did self-teaching because I was a percussionist. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. I was in drumline. Oh, I love Ooh. it. Yeah. But my, and my sister so played jealous. piano. <laughs> my sister played piano. Mm. So like when she played, I was like, oh, I want to see what you're doing. And then I kind of taught myself how to play the intro to memory from Cats. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my grandma's favorite song. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think about this upcoming movie coming up? It's, well, are you a musical person? I'm a, a musical, musical theater Broadway. person. Okay. Yes, I love musical theater. Oh, okay, so wait, what do you think of the Cats? I'm movie? really excited. Really? I mean, I love any movie, movie musical that oh, comes out. Yeah. I always feel like I get really anxious right before I see it and then I'm always disappointed no matter yeah. what. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I know a lot of people that are into like, what, like if you've seen the musical first and it's like, you know, this really big, big deal type musical, they don't re- usually like the film versions of it. I've yeah. never yeah. seen, I've never seen Cat or, yeah. Well, I saw it for the first time yeah. oh, the when it was at the Pantages oh, last oh, month. It was yeah. the last oh, I, I saw, that was, I think Cats was my first musical, like ever. Did you love it? I was like, oh, I don't understand, because I was young, it's so I was weird. like, oh, it's just, I was like, oh, we're gonna get to see a, a musical, <laughs> and then like, and then oh, there's the there's the opening number which is Jellicle Cats. Uh huh. I thought they were saying genital. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I was Not like, for children. I was like, oh, what, wait, what's going on? And then they're just talking about, look at what kind of cats we are. Yeah. Wow. And then one of them, uh, spoiler alert, one of them <laughs> special, and they get to go to cat heaven. Is that yeah. like the whole thing? Oh no, they That's die. The well, no, she's like, she's on her way out. Yeah. She's aging. Aww. She's an aging beauty. Was it Gr- Grizabella? Is that her name? I, I think know. so. I think is that the one. And she sings Hudson's memory. Play? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, it's gonna I be an interesting. Anything. I'm excited by it. You know, <laughs> it's a weird period piece. When I saw it, it was like true to the original um, 
I guess the original production, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it felt like a weird trippy period piece, <laughs> and I appreciated it for that. It mm. does because it's like it was like very eighties, and very eighties. Because I think that was also like with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think Phantom of the Opera is, a, is kind of eighties too with that yeah. synth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ Superstar is my favorite. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ Superstar, I'm loving that. that. Oh my god, it's incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like, but yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that. But was moving from so you were. You worked in music, mm-hmm. and now you're writing on Pose. Was that mm-hmm. an organic move? Was that something always kind of like going from that to you? TV? It felt organic to me. Okay. I think from the outside, it didn't really look that way. Mm-hmm. I was out here. I moved to New York in 2010 after having a classical career in New York that kind of tanked when I transitioned. Mm-hmm. I just like lost all my work. Mm-hmm. So I started doing this underground like musical performances where I adopted the name Our Lady J. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, is a name, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I enjoy the name. I named myself after Our Lady of the Flowers, which is a Jean Genet mm-hmm. um, novel. Okay, that's, that's from too the forties. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. I I started this music career in order to just stay employed. I right. realized I had to teach people who I was, and to do that, I had to take the mic, and I couldn't just be oh. a background pianist anymore. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to sing, and I did the thing in New York where I was just that weirdo New York artist. And then mm-hmm. I moved here to make more of like a singer songer career, songwriter career out of it, and I ended up. Accompanying like Sia on tour. That was the last Ooh, music gig. Serious? Yeah. Come on, Sia. I love Sia. <laughs> <laughs> the last gig that I had, um, like paid gig, was the Hollywood Bowl with Sia. Oh, nice. And then I got that transparent is- like a month later. So how did that happen? Like, how did you get? Like, how did was TV writing something that you always thought about doing? Or no, never. Okay. It was kind of a spiritual transition for mm. me because music wasn't paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I needed to make a change. Um, I need to tell our viewers that I'm having my photograph taken right now. <laughs> I'm a little bit distracted. It's a bit candid. Our listeners. Right. Um, so I, I ended up. <laughs> this is very hard for me to do. So I ended up um, realizing that I needed to make a change, and I like made a list of everything that I had always had interest in, and mm-hmm. writing was one of those things. I had always written, I'd written music, I'd written lyrics, I'd written musicals when I was younger, mm-hmm. and these weird cabaret shows in New York, the thing that people seemed to like was were my monologues in between mm-hmm. the songs. So I started writing a stand-up act, actually. Ooh, that's so scary. <laughs> Terrifying. That's like one of my biggest fears is to, is to do stand-up. Oh my God, mine too. And I <laughs> really did didn't want to do it, yeah. but I was willing to do what it took to survive as an mm. artist oh my god yeah that's that is a, I mean I did improv once and that was that, mm. that made yeah. I was sweating the whole time. it's yeah. hard mm-hmm. but in that I started creating all of I started writing down all these stories mm-hmm. from my past and stories that I'd always wanted to tell about my weird little upbringing on the farm mm-hmm. and transitioning and being a musician and all that and at that exact moment I met Jill Soloway mm-hmm. at the Glad Awards oh and I was there as a guest of World of Wonder. I was on Drag Race season six and seven. Mm. And wait, wait. so who was on six and seven? I always they always get mixed up. All the, the stars. Queens. All the queens. Well Adore was on okay. uh, uh, Courtney. Okay, okay, okay. Bianca. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Go on, sorry. So I met uh, Jill on the red carpet for the Glad Awards oh. and Jill told me all about this new show that they were making called Transparent and um, they wanted me to audition for uh, Davina, mm. which I did mm. not get, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. but I knew but that this—I knew yeah. the show is magical. Yeah. It worked out mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. fine, mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I stayed in touch with Jill, and then when it was time to hire a new writer for season two, I sent those stories that I had been working on, and um, I got hired as a staff writer. Wow. wow. So it just seems like it, it is organic. It's kind of like what you wanted to do led into totally. you right. know, the next step of your kind of career. Right. And yeah. it's so funny how like the universe kind of prepares you for that because you, exactly. like, you had been writing all that stuff before. Yeah. And you are secreting yeah. it. Right. <laughs> I, well, I, I literally prayed over it. Yeah. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I was like, goddess, <laughs> if you're out there, I need help because yeah. I've always had um, such an earnest yearning to tell stories mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't happening in music it wasn't happening in the music industry because of transphobia and all that whole mess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so luckily television was open and ready um, wow. for trans voices and mm-hmm. that's how it happened so that's interesting so the music when you you faced a lot of discrimination in the music industry absolutely really are you surprised because well, people, a, a people usually bit. say the music industry is a little bit more progressive than like film yeah. and tv well name five trans music yeah. artists there you go sorry mm, well I, I guess i'm just uh, well and then it's interesting we were talking about the milking I'm, th- I'm actually thinking <laughs> <laughs> well like mainstream right right, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because actually... we were talking at the the milk uh, we were talking earlier about the milk institute conference I went to yesterday and they were talking about at a, at a diversity and inclusion panel that I was at they were t- one of the people were talking about how the music industry is kind of ahead of yeah the film and TV I industry. hear that a lot too no oh, oh gosh maybe look at women aspects. in music mm-hmm. yeah. what woman over the age of 40 has a music career besides like legends besides yeah. legends yeah, yeah. That's no, true. I'm sorry. It's ageist. Well, it's yeah. sexist. D- it's homophobic. J-Lo? It's transphobic. J Lo is fifty, but she's <laughs> but an she, icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, but you're you know, right. she, she hit it when she was in her early twenties, right. and she was an actress first, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. And music is all about appearance, and if you're not a stripper, then you're not gonna mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like a weirdo, transsexual, pianist, singer, songwriter, singing sad songs about AIDS, like. I, it's not gonna I'm happen. I'm yeah. here for it. If, I feel like the '90s were a great time for for like weirdos in music, mm-hmm. where you could do the weirdo thing and you know be on the cover of Rolling Stone at right. the same time. Oh, yeah. It's like what I mean. It's like Tori Amos kind of. Yeah. Like Tori Amos, Alanis. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they were they like were, very angsty, but like also like these artsy girls who Fiona Apple. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of yeah, yeah. So what kind of reception were you getting like during that period, like when you're when, when you were performing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got great reception in mm-hmm. New York. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like the community really backed me up. Mm-hmm. The the queer community, the downtown community in New York. Um, the weirdos, the outcasts, they all really rallied behind me. And I I felt like I had a a decent career Mm -hmm. as an artist. Um, So that gave me the energy and the stamina that I needed to move forward in creating Mm -hmm. my art. But when it came to mainstream music, I moved out to L.A. And one of the things that I heard was nobody wants to hear a tranny sing sad songs. That was said to me in a meeting, in a meeting. They said tranny. They said lose weight, learn to dance, oh and be like Lady Gaga. Oh my god, trash. Yeah, it's mm. it's trash. Oh I will trash the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like, is shameful. Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, we have Kim Petras, who I love. Mm. She's doing her thing with music. Um, she's really the only mainstream trans artist. And that's 10 years later, 10 years after yeah. I moved here. Oh. Um, thank God that's happening for her. I'm such a big fan. I think everyone needs to stand Kim Petras. Okay. Um, Shay Diamond is another incredible trans musician. Um, 
but there, it's really limited. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. TV, I found to be much more open, really? even though the people who are, have historically made television are all like cis white men, mm-hmm, straight mm-hmm, white men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a few people who are holding the doors yeah. open for folks like me. It seems like, well, before Pose came about, it seems like the people were willing to tell the trans stories, but it wasn't with trans, trans actors. actors yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, are you? Do you see that? Po- I mean, I know po- Pose is doing its thing, but do you see that like going beyond that series? Yeah, for okay. sure. I think okay. once you go there, you can't go back. Right, right. I think the trans community for so long has been trying to prove ourselves that we can show up for work, mm-hmm. we can slay, oh, yeah. and right. we can bring an audience right. in. Right. Yeah. And executives for years have said, no, 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 that's not possible. Yeah. Nobody's going to watch a real trans person on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Pose has proven all, uh, all right. of them wrong. Yeah. And I think the community, thank God for the activists within the community, um, we will hold Hollywood accountable. Oh, wow. oh yeah, there. I mean, it's definitely like they. I feel like people can't do what you know they used to do before. Look what happened with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, you know, yeah. like exactly. People are not are not afraid to speak out yeah. for 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 things that are right. And that's like kind of cool with Pose because they just didn't knock on the door. They kind of just kicked it down yeah. and said, yeah. "Hey, this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do it whether right. you like it or not." Well, yeah. Ryan yeah. Murphy, yes. it takes someone like Ryan who has enough power mm-hmm. to say that this is the way it's gonna happen, right. no matter what. Right. Yeah. He's one of the people who are holding the door open for exactly. folks like yeah. us. And I think it's, Ryan is a testament to people kind of, um, what is like letting, uh, throwing the ladder down right. for others. Like right, once you're right. Up, absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's another that's point. A lot yeah. of people are starting to do that. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, because like you said, you, you had no experience TV writing, and Jill, I mean, right. Ryan and Jill, like mm-hmm. they gave you guys, they gave opportunities, and I think that, that for the longest time, that was the biggest problem, was just not having those opportunities, because maybe absolutely. your resume didn't reflect, mm-hmm. you know, didn't reflect the, your abilities, but it's not, it's not really about that anymore. It's you know? not, yeah. I mean, you know, people are quick to learn at other jobs. Like, why not right. have yeah, that yeah. happen in this industry? <laughs> and right. you you wrote, but not in in the context of TV. Yeah, never. And that could easily be translated. I it was think. it you was a, a very easy thing. Yeah. I felt yeah. you know it, it's not that difficult mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, once you learn how to <laughs> Did tell you a read story. A book? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Ask I like read what, a few books. Okay, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say what kind of like storytelling is a great book. I. I, I also that's the one just that Tupac read when he was in prison. Really? Yeah. Really? Apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how Amazing. he was able to like, learn. Amazing. <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the truth, but I think it was some. I think it was called storytelling. I also had great work. mentors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Who yeah. was some of your mentors? Nora Harpster. Okay. Was um, probably my biggest mentor at Transparent, mm-hmm. where he took my script and edited it for me. Mm-hmm. My very first script that I turned in, mm-hmm. and I he would delete lines, and I would say, "Why? Why is that?" not working mm-hmm. and and then he would shift things around and I would just say why 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 and he would tell me mm-hmm. and he basically held my hand through the process oh, and taught me to turn in a really polished script and yeah I think it's important to have people like that too who like mm-hmm. I think it's the learning goes both ways having a mentor and having Absolutely. someone who is open to criticism mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah well I was just like I think that the good thing about it was I, I was just so open because I it was so foreign to what I was doing in music mm-hmm. that I had to be mm-hmm. and I also had a lot of pressure as the only trans person 
in a writer's room at that time. Mm -hmm. And the first trans person to be writing trans stories. Mm -hmm. I felt incredible pressure. Oh, so, yeah. Like, so I said, I please mean, you, teach you must me. have been happy, but yeah, you must have been like, oh, God, if I fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, it's like what we were talking about like earlier, like about being like that that diversity, I guess not higher, but that token. Di that token diversity person. Mm -hmm. Like you feel like mm -hmm. all the pressure is on, on you. And it, it, sometimes that can come off, you know, the wrong way, but it's, you know, there's, yeah. no, there's not that yeah, I mean, many of us. It's, so, yeah, it's like, so it's, it's like, like a, yeah. it's, it's the pressure of, on yourself. Right. And yeah. the pressure to represent the community. Right. And do good by your community. Which not one person could ever do, yeah. you know. Right. <laughs> so. it's exhausting. Right. It is yeah. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it makes us better artists. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can inspire other folks who are the first of whatever right, they're right. moving through. And hopefully one day it won't be like you're the first, you know, it would just right. be like, this, um, this is how it this is. This is how it is. Well, that's so. what's so great about Pose as well. It's Janet Mock and I are yes. both in the writer's room together. Awesome. So it's mm -hmm. not just mm -hmm. one trans person, mm -hmm. but two out of five people in the Pose writer, writer's room are mm -hmm. trans. That's that's like what's needed. It and is. those voices and that authenticity that writer's rooms are, are, are lacking. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you were first asked to do Pose, how did that come about? Did Because did, Janet was on the podcast and she mm -hmm. told us her story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did Ryan approach you? My agent okay. sent me an email. Okay. I had heard about the show okay. because, you know, that's all anyone in the community was talking <laughs> yeah, about. Right. Like, oh, I hope they're going to hire trans people. Mm -hmm. That was like the, the rumblings. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the email, um, Apparently, I mean, Stephen was like, you were already hired before you, oh, are you, before you walked into the room. But I went in and for the interview, just to make sure, you know, we all got along, I mm -hmm. guess, and mm -hmm. the vibes were all good. And um, Ryan was just like, here's what I'm doing. And it's going to be big and it's going to be huge mm -hmm. and it's going to be giant. Yeah. <laughs> and I was okay. like, OK, let's do this. Right. Oh my God. Um, and by the end of the meeting, he's like, OK, let's make the show. And I like how it's just all casual, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. was it Janet? Like he, they, he, she like came to like a club or something. No, no, no. It was um, on the set of uh, Versace. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and, it was that club scene. And yeah, the yeah and, then, and then like at the end of the meeting, he was like, "Okay, let's do it. It's gonna be fun." Yeah. And he walked right. It's gonna be fun. And that's it. Totally, it's gonna be fun. I was like, "Do I have to sign something?" Does it mean I'm yeah. human resources? Right. I, I called my agent and I was like, I think I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think? Yeah. But that's how Ryan does things. Yeah. He's like, I want to do this. Let's do it. Mm. It'll be fun. Mm. Well, it is fun. So, what was your connection to the ball scene and the kind of that whole Paris is burning kind of? Because just the spectacle yeah. the yeah. first episode and, and the costuming. And uh. Because I rewatched Paris is Burning the other mm -hmm. night, and I was like, oh my god. It's that, the scene in Paris is Burning where they're all just voguing. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that looks exactly like Pose. So like, what's your connection with the balls? Well, I had gone to balls as a New Yorker. I uh, lived in New York from 2000, and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the beauty that I am today. <laughs> I would have been chopped, <laughs> chopped, chopped, <laughs> and I knew it. Huh. So I, I lived in New York from 2000 to 2010, mm -hmm. and um, some of my trans sisters were from the ballroom scene, and I was taken to my first ball, I think, in 2005 or 2006. Yeah. And I'd been to a handful of balls, um, 
and I just thought they were the most magnificent, glorious things I had ever mm-hmm. seen. And but I also felt like I could never achieve that level of fabulousness. I felt very you intimidated. Mm-hmm. I felt really intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever? To of course, yeah, yeah. and that's what Pose song. has been, you know, I mean, that's the writer's dream, is right. that it's you like, get to do things that you're too afraid to do. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> it's kind of like you're putting your fantasy on the screen. Right. Totally. Like you're indirectly sort of like living that well, fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then directly as well, like right. we had a Pose ball the night before the premiere, <gasps> oh. and all the writers walked the ball. Oh, okay. And then even opening night, we had a, we had another ball <laughs> opening night, uh, or that... I say opening night like a Broadway girl. Yeah. <laughs> opening night. It's a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, that, that's, I mean, like, and then with, with Pose, the, there's, like, the heavy HIV storyline. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's handled with such empathy and compassion. Thank you. you. Know, but what do you wish TV and film would stop doing when it comes to HIV Uh, stories and narrative. Well, I think it's like we were talking about diversity in the writer's room. I think just open up to people who have lived the experience Mm -hmm. and listen to what they have to say rather than reacting to someone else's version that you saw on TV Mm -hmm. in 1985. Because I feel like a lot of art tends to get recycled because artists love art. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's always borrowing from someone else. Mm -hmm. But I think the great storytellers... Um, look outside of art Mm -hmm. for what's really happening in the world. Um, I had no idea. Well, the show actually was in question about how much it was going to lean into the HIV AIDS Mm storylines. And after I read the pilot on my first day at work. Mm -hmm. um, With your lunchbox and everything. (laughs) I was like, oh, there's an HIV AIDS storyline in here. Mm -hmm. So I went into the writer's room and I came out as HIV positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been positive since 2003. I didn't know it until 2004. Mm -hmm. I was not getting tested. I was not being responsible. I was drinking too much. I was like in deep shame and Mm -hmm. deep denial of who I was. and so I found sobriety, I found health, and um, eventually I found like a new life living with HIV. Mm-hmm. And so I brought that to the page and I brought it to the writer's room and I said, you know, let's use my story as much as you like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've dealt with it in therapy enough where I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have been vocal and out as an HIV positive person. Um, so let's lean into this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we did and um there was a moment where we weren't sure how many people were going to be positive mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to really stay true to what the time would have been and mm-hmm. at that time almost everyone had it in yeah. Yeah. i don't want to say i don't want to exaggerate but a lot of people it was, it was yeah. a full plague yeah. Yeah. and in that community especially they mm-hmm. were ravaged ravaged by the mm-hmm. by the plague um so Season two, we're leaning into that even more. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of where we're going. Oh, nice. um, sometimes, you know, I we turn in these scripts and it's like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I get to put that dark experience that I never thought I was going to be able to take anything from. Because mm-hmm. when you're in it, it just feels like death and destruction and loneliness and mm-hmm. otherization and yeah. um, complete um, chaos. But to be able to bring that to a script and educate the audience has just been, mm-hmm. that's my dream with Post. That's been. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What went into the decision to come out? To come out? 
as positive. As yeah. Um, having felt so lonely mm-hmm. when I found out I was positive and so much shame about it. Mm. Um, there are 37 million people who have HIV. It's not a small thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no need to have shame about it. It's like we don't have shame about heart disease or cancer. Why do we have shame about HIV? It's yeah. a disease. Mm-hmm. It's nothing more. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, in the 80s, we moralized it because we thought that was, I say we as, as the so, world. Yeah, society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the so- society moralized it in order to try to stop it. I right. do believe that that, was, that wasn't malice mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people it was mm-hmm. like you had to moralize sex so that you know you wouldn't catch hiv so like generations grew up having this conflict with sex something that should be pleasurable and, and enjoyable mm-hmm. and have knowing that that could bring death and chaos um and so but that continued even after we learned mm-hmm. about the virus and how it spread we learned that condoms prevent the virus from yeah. spreading. And then we right. learned about PrEP yeah. right. once a day. And then now we know that undetectable is untransmittable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only way we're gonna get the virus to stop spreading is if we promote that message, mm-hmm. undetectable is untransmittable. Mm-hmm. That means when you don't have any viral load in your labs, in your bloodstream, you cannot transmit HIV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only way to get yourself to undetectable is to get tested and right. to get on medication. Mm-hmm. So taking away the stigma, um, taking away the moralization of what HIV is Mm -hmm. right now, I think is the cure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's really good. I mean, it's like, there's always that trope of the kill your gays that was, Mm -hmm. was, yeah, yeah, that's been a thing and Mm -hmm. it was always couched in HIV and then like everything was like so upsetting and Mm -hmm. like all this. Yeah. But then you have movies like, oh, what was that one French film? Oh my God! It came out nineteen. Oh God, I should know this. But anyway, mm-hmm. right. but and then like you know those documentaries about that, ACT UP. Yeah, yeah, about oh, ACT yeah. UP and um, <laughs> I forget. Um, uh, and then but, oh um, we oh there were like two documentaries that came out like How to Survive same. a Plague. Yes, How yes. to Survive a Plague, and then there was another one I think. Anyways, uh, but you have those kind of educating, and I'm glad Pose, yeah. you, you guys, mm-hmm. any of Well, and with yeah. Pose, we also get to, instead of just being a documentary about what's happening to people, we get to explore the inside of someone's mind, right. someone like Blanca or Pray Tell. And, and in that, you know, ultimately for me, it wasn't a death sentence. It mm-hmm. was a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. It was, I transitioned because of my HIV diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I wasn't living authentically. Mm-hmm. I was living someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize I only had one life to live and I was gonna live it. Mm-hmm. And so that became Blanca's storyline oh about wow. how oh. she's waking up to this life. And it's not about death and destruction. It's mm-hmm. about choosing life every single day, oh, all along the way creating the life that you want and not the life that is expected of you. Because, like, she's, oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, like, they are the, the the fact that when we, spoiler alert for when anyone hasn't seen it, but, like, when we find out Blanca mm-hmm. and Pretel right. have HIV, they're, like, the heart and soul of the show, which mm-hmm. makes it even, like, more, a little bit gut-wrenching. It's not like the other characters are, are wonderful, but it's just they are right. the, the soul. And when you... They're the two leads. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you... When you when you find out, you're just like, oh, oh. 
your heart breaks, but at the same time, you're like, oh, they're going to get through this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the same time, it doesn't feel like an HIV show to me. No, it does it's, not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like just, like they happen to have HIV. It's right, like when you, right. you said someone finding out they have cancer. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. or totally. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like you deal with it, mm-hmm. you know, if you need to get chemo, you get chemo. Yeah. If you need right. to go on medication, go on medication. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're still going to live your life. Exactly. You know, they, as do. you should, yeah. Living their lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you said you grew up in like in a religious community or how what was what was your upbringing like? I'm just curious cuz I grew Where did up you pretty, yeah, where did yeah. you grow up? I grew up and where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Texas, but my family's, I'm first generation, so they immigrated from Nigeria. So mm-hmm. because of that, we my household was very religious. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Where in Texas? Uh, Dallas. I went to SMU. Oh, my mom went to SMU. My mom did law school I have some severe trauma from SMU. I learned to run in heels in the 90s, and it wasn't a good thing. I So I grew up in a tiny little village in southern central Pennsylvania. Um, there was a big Village. Amish school, or there was a big Mennonite school there. Um, so a lot of Mennonite folks, mm-hmm. Amish folks in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, I had two different great grandparents who came from Mennonite um, families. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes me like twenty five percent. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We have eight great grandparents, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but they became evangelical Christians. Um, so I was raised evangelical assembly of god Mm. holy rolling fundamentalist speaking in tongues Mm. christian oh my god you were the scary christians i was the scary the The ones that were speaking in tongues they're like what is going are they did you have snakes (laughs) no (laughs) no no oh my god real okay so how how long did but that music last? was a huge part yeah, of the church. Right, that's just, yeah, like, yeah, gospel like music. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I grew up on gospel music and I grew up like loving worship. Mm-hmm. I genuinely loved worship and I still love worship. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what writing is. Right. It's a reflection on humanity. Mm-hmm. It's like showing the world the best mm-hmm. of, of, of who you can be mm-hmm. and also the worst. That was mm-hmm. something yeah. that wasn't encouraged in mm-hmm. the church. Well, at what point did you kind of separate yourself from the church or did, I mean did you separate yourself? I felt like the church separated from me oh, okay I knew I was queer at a really young age uh-huh. I knew something was going on people told me something was yeah. going on yeah, yeah. you know in in the sixth grade I heard every day I heard I had a bully who would say I'm gonna kill you you fucking faggot oh. every day Oh, from sixth to eighth grade, oh, so middle God. school, that middle was school, most horrible years mm-hmm. of yeah. lives. <laughs> so I knew that I was different. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed that meant I was gay because mm-hmm. that was all I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw RuPaul one day. Mm-hmm. My cousin was uh, kind of a latchkey kid. Um, she lived with my grandmother, so mm-hmm. she got to sneak pop culture where I wasn't allowed to have pop oh, culture. Mm-hmm. So she would tell me, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> She'd be like. Girl, Madonna just released this new video. Which one? Vogue. Oh, and it kind of goes in line with what you're Season two is all about Vogue. Um, But then, (laughs) it's not all about Vogue, but Mm -hmm. we we talk about Vogue in season two. Um, Anyway, so my cousin would be the in, and then, so I kind of had an in through her, and I saw RuPaul, and I was like, oh, that's kind of more like what I am. Mm -hmm. Fabulous Mm -hmm. and glamorous Mm -hmm. and gorgeous. And the more I expressed myself, um, the more ostracized I became yeah. um, within the community, whether it was silent punishment or whether it was full on, like, put her on the prayer list. Right, right. Um, I eventually left um, to go study piano at Inter- Interlochen Arts Academy when mm-hmm. I was a junior mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. And that kind of 
saved my life because I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. Um, there were no real role models for who I could be in my own authenticity. And I didn't have the language to express it either mm-hmm. at that time. Uh-huh. It's so funny how like Christians can be the, like you hear like, oh, I'll kill, you know, people like that. Like they could be the, like, the most evil or do the most kind of like odious things and they kind of, they use the Bible as their, oh, as their they, sort of like. No, they, they use the Bible as an excuse for people. Right, but, think, thing, uh, I mean, yeah. but the basic fundamental like Bible teaching is love thy neighbor. Like yeah. that's like just, that's if, if you don't read anything else in the Bible. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Yeah, I think um, it's every religion. Yeah. You know, every religion gets abused by power. Right. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I think people do need religion and I, oh, yeah, I look definitely. at the people in my community Um, the people who do need that type of religion, I empathize with them. And especially in this current administration, I feel like they've been like tricked into liking the enemy of their religion. The true enemy of their religion is like Donald Trump Mm -hmm. is the opposite of Christian, but because he, but because he knows what to say, you know, and he leads them astray. And I think, um, that that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. not to go down that. No, path. Okay. <laughs> well, let's 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 brighten things up right. a little. Let's talk a little bit about Pose. So mm-hmm. you're, they're filming season two right now. Correct? Yes, in New York. And then I think this might come. This episode might come out actually on the day Pose comes out. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, so it's kind of oh, June 11th. June 11th. Yeah. Fabulous. Yes, yes. Happy June 11th, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? Can you, I mean, we've tried to get Janet's talk yeah. about it, but So she, this is what we know already. Uh-huh. It's okay. going to be set in the 90s. Yeah. Uh-huh. Madonna's Vogue, Vogue release. just came it's out. Going to, uh-huh. And then you're going to also, like you just said before, uh, rely heavily on the, HIV. Yeah, the act Patty Lapone's going to be in it. Patty Lapone. Okay. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt is mm-hmm. a regular now, correct? Yep. Okay. What else? What else? <laughs> <laughs> what else can you give us? <laughs> well, there, there, are, yeah. there are a few new and characters. You can yeah, yeah. There's you some new characters. We don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> some new characters, some familiar faces mm-hmm. that haven't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, there's just going to be a whole lot more slayage. Of course, there honest. is tens across the board. Tens across. In I'm, reality, yeah. like balls didn't happen that often in mm. New York, mm. but it's because it's television. Right. They happen like every, every week. Day. <laughs> like, oh, every day, there's a ball. There's one Tuesday, one Friday, one Sunday. Because I'm like, oh, how do they That'd afford these trophies? I know. I'm like, when do you rehearse? Like, like when oh, do you sleep? Yes. Like, so but we have so trophies. much fun, and, and it really. I mean, the balls in New York feel so big that that's how we captured it yeah, on yeah. television, mm-hmm. and. The one thing that has been a challenge for us writers is coming up with new categories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we can't is, show right. the same old categories. Right, so right. we do take some liberty with like what categories mm-hmm. um, they walk to. They yeah. walk to, oh. and so they're they're a lot of fun categories. Mm-hmm. This are you gonna make an? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Be behind the camera? Are you are you gonna make an appearance? Well, you know, I had an appearance in season yeah, one. Yes. Are you gonna as come the in? pianist? <laughs> I don't playing think the, I can say the that. Guitar? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I want to see you playing a guitar. <laughs> I may be back. For okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll that's just wait fine. Till June, June 11th. We'll just um, June 11th. Tonight. <laughs> well, yes, you're right. You're right. Tonight. <laughs> um, so besides pose, what else do you have going on? I have, you know, the writer thing happening. Yeah, yeah. I have lots of specs. I have a the spec script based on my childhood called Edenville, which I'm shopping Ooh. around right now. I have some well, interest. based on what you told us, yes, mm-hmm. I'm down for that. No, Thank you. <laughs> I'm writing a play. Um, 
about the death of Tchaikovsky right now. Mm, and Michael you. Arden is directing Tchaikovsky. that. Mm. Um, so I'm doing that on my off time, on my hiatus this summer. Do you have a lot of off time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan is so busy with his shows that the Pose Writers Room doesn't meet for these long days mm-hmm. that other writers room meets. Um, you, you know, we meet for a couple hours every day and then outside that we write oh, mm-hmm. good so we do have time to develop things nice oh, that's good. nice that's good. This week's episode is brought to you by National Geographic's Emmy-nominated series The Story of God with Morgan Freeman. The series follows Morgan on a global journey to explore the ways humanity has sought and received answers to some of the world's biggest questions about religion and faith. Logging more than 70,000 miles, the equivalent of a trip around the world twice, and visiting more than 30 cities, The Story of God is an expansive series exploring the most intimate of topics. For your Emmy consideration in all categories, visit www.natgeotv.com FYC for more information. Um, so we like to kind of wrap things up with a fun question uh, section. We call it the facts or the mm. FAQs. Um, so your first question is, do you remember the first piece you played on the piano? For a recital. For a recital. Uh, for a yeah. recital. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I do not Or what's the earliest that. one you remember? I think I remember Chopin. the earliest big classical piece was Chopin Polonaise in F sharp minor. That is very specific. I know. Look that up. <laughs> None <laughs> of us know what that is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just fascinated with the classical pianist and like what they could do. Pianist. pianist. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's 12. what you guys could do. It's and, very similar to writing. If you can sit in front of your computer all day, tired? you can f- sit in front of a piano. Mm. But it's like, just discipline. These piano players, you guys, it's just like we're a little bit crazy. <laughs> I cannot sync up my left and right hand. Yeah, no, I can't. You could. All. You could. I mean, I used to play. It takes time. I used to play drum set for like a hot minute, and I was really bad at it. And I remember my it was in our garage, and my dad was all, you going to play that drum set, or is it just going to sit there? And I was like, it's just going to sit there. <laughs> I was like, we bought that for you. Um, anyways, what is a habit that you are embarrassed of? A habit that I'm embarrassed of? Yeah. Oh, or why would I say that on a podcast? <laughs> That's why we break the news. Right, I know. It's, we're going to lead with this. Um, okay, well, something that I get a lot of flack from, from my sisters, okay. is that I cannot have fingernails because mm. of the piano, and I still play classical music at home. Um, so my nails are always short, and sometimes I peel them back. Sometimes I bite them. Yeah. Uh, right now I have gel, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> but they're all real. They're really, really short. Well, it's, that makes sense. Yeah, I can't. We I can't have long nails because either because because of typing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I don't do anything with my nails, and that would be kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> what's a dream guest on Pose other than the ones that you guys have already? A dream a guest on Pose. Dream yeah. Guest star. Oh gosh, I mean. All of my favorite stars are dead. No, uh, they came back. <laughs> they they came, who oh, Whitney Houston, oh, obviously. Oh my god, I love Whitney. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. like, a huge Whitney person. Like, I'm, I'm a Whitney stan. Like, uh, me I think we too. all are, right? Like, I, I think I might be obsessed. I love I'm, Whitney. I'm, yeah. What's your favorite Whitney song? 
Um, I, I have nothing. Oh my That's god. It. The key changes in nothing. that? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't I tried even to choose. sing that at karaoke and I failed. <laughs> that's a good one. I like Run to You. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Too. These are all in the Bodyguard soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Run, yeah, Run to You. Was. Run to You yeah. was. Yeah. I have nothing on I have nothing. Track two. Run to You. <laughs> Run to yes. You, track four. I love me a Queen of the Night. Track five. Yeah, Queen of the Night. Queen of the Night. I love singing it with a nice cape and a crown. Yes. Oh, smash the queen and Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but that's a little later. That what? came oh, out in '92. Oh, yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. Well, you, season we'll, season we'll, five. We'll get there. <laughs> We're gonna get there. Oh, Whitney. Oh, Whitney. Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. yeah. That would be. Um. So, if someone gave you carte blanche mm-hmm. to compose a whole musical, mm. what would it be about, and kind of who would you use? get to star in it. I'm actually working on that right now. Oh. My dream musical project, so I can't tell oh you. Oh my, my god. The actual one. But <laughs> I would say like, okay, what about like a fan really fantasy big fantasy one? A big fantasy musical? I mean, my favorite musical I wouldn't want to write. It would take so much work. Mm-hmm. That would be Our Lady the Flowers. Mm. What is that? Because you this is the yeah, what is that? It's about? just it's a book I read when I was getting sober actually mm-hmm. back in two thousand three. Um, and it's just about the underground queer community in Paris in the Ooh. 1940s <gasps> and the, the trials and tribulations that they have to go to. Jean Genet wrote it in prison. He was a serial, um, what is it called when you live in prison? He would just, just like always go. Oh, like, okay. He would steal, always he go. would like commit petty crimes just in order to go back to prison because oh. he didn't know how to live outside of prison. Wow! I, wait, what? So a lot of his work he wrote in I prison, read that Tortured Soul. Mm. I don't know if I could read it actually now. It's been so long. Is it too heavy? It's really dark. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll read that and then Harry Potter. Maybe you should after. autobook it. Audiobook? It, 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 audiobook yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little lighter. Um, so Beyonce, Lady Gaga, or Dolly Parton? Uh, F Mary, I'm just kidding. If you can do a duet with one of them, who would it be? <laughs> I would say definitely Dolly Parton. Oh. Really? She, Dolly helped me get my boobs back in the day. Oh, really? I was singing Dolly Parton's songs in New York City, these little shows I called The Gospel of Dolly. Mm. And we had a mutual friend, Stephen Aremus, who was her music director for 9 to 5, mm-hmm. gave her a bootleg. And she listened to it and asked to meet me. Ooh. And uh, we became friends after that. And then when it came time for me to get my top surgery in 2009, um, I reached out to everyone I knew. Oh. And I was like, can you donate to Boob Aid? <laughs> and she donated to Boob Aid. Oh, my God. Okay, Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> She's an angel. Are you excited because they're, they're planning a 9 to 5 sequel? Yes. Pat Resnick is writing it. Oh she's a friend of mine. God. So oh she's been telling God. me all about it as much as she can tell me. I recently rewatched that movie. It's so much It's fun. so good. I never watched the musical, though. Did you watch the musical? Um, yes, I did. Oh, Twice. that was with was Alice I loved and Janney? That's where I met. That's when I met Dolly, when oh. she was going to New York for the musical. Oh. Yeah, Allison Janney was in it. Who else was in that? Um, Megan Hilton. Oh, Megan oh, yeah, Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Megan Hilton. But anyways, uh-huh. okay. So our last question, we asked this to all our uh, all our guests. You've kind of mentioned some people already, but are there any other underrepresented voices, whether it be actor, singer, writer, producer, or in the industry that 
isn't getting enough shine that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, yeah, people with disabilities. Mm. I mean, it's a huge portion of the population, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be working in Hollywood. Right. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen Special? I on Netflix, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's, okay. it's so, Ryan it's a, was on our. Ryan O'Connor was on our podcast. Yeah, okay. he is a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Anyone else you wanna give a shout out to? Anyone else I wanna give a shout yeah, out to? Yeah. Well, like, do you want to kind of as give far as to, like artists? Yeah. I wanna give a shout out to my friend Michael Arden, who's directing the Tchaikovsky yeah. play. Um, you know, he was nominated for two Tony Awards recently for his work in Spring Awakening <gasps> uh, with Deaf West Productions oh, on Broadway. Yes. And then also he did the most recent revival of Once on This Island. <gasps> and he's just an incredible director that I think everyone should know. And he I should be doing them. everything. They stopped the revival in New York, right? Like it, it closed. Yeah, it just closed. Yeah. Mm. It was incredible. Really Never great. Mind. It will come back. Well, thank you so oh, much. Thank, thank you for coming here. on here. Yeah, it's yeah. fun, guys. All these wonderful stories. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And watch Pose tonight, guys, because it is June 11th. <laughs> tonight, every Tuesday on Yay. FX. <laughs>